0: Sometimes it can be hard to find the humility sweet spot between the spectral ends of ego. If we believe we're more capable than we are, then we are victims of the Dunning Kruger syndrome, where ego outweighs our ability. And on the other end of that, if we're of the mindset that we aren't good enough and that other people deserve things more than we do, we're victims of what's known as reverse pride, where we don't feel we're doing anything worthwhile. There's no doubt that the fire service is a male-dominated profession, and the elements of pride and nobility are definitely very present in the establishment. But when does it go from being a productive driver of motivation to a cancerous mentality keeping you from reaching your true, noble potential? Jack Donovan is a speaker, author, and has been writing about masculinity and tribalism for over a decade, as well as... Becoming a More Complete Beast and Finding Your True, Noble Potential. In his book, A More Complete Beast, Donovan utilizes the words of Frederick Nietzsche to help men refine a strength-based ethos, reveal their highest and noblest selves, and become, like the book's titled, a more complete beast. In my conversation today, I talked with Jack about taking the reins when it comes to getting what you've earned, how we can leverage our personality traits to help us achieve success, and why it's so important for us to become what he calls a noble beast. Without any further delay, here's my conversation with Jack Donovan. Mr. Jack Donovan, thank you so much for joining me on the Ignited Firefighter podcast. I appreciate you coming on, my man.
1: Uh, Glad to be
0: here. So, um, I'm a big fan. I've read a few of your books, some of your essays, uh... I, I follow your social media, and uh, one of the things that, that really attracts me to your modality is like your um, your alternative perspective. You know, you're not, you don't really fit into societal norms, and, and I've discovered that the more that you find out who you are as an individual, that's typically the case. So <laughs> I, I really appreciate that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of weird. It's like that within any subculture. And so like, especially within the firefighter uh, subculture. So we, uh, we as firefighters kind of get locked into this uh, type A personality or image. And then, uh, so when you see somebody reading a book at the firehouse, a lot of times when they see me reading a book, they're like, what are you going to learn out of that? You know? And so it's, <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, well, I'll, t- I'll tell you if you're willing to listen, but Right. So I appreciate your modality, your approach, my man.
1: Yeah, I always thought that um, that seemed like a really cool job. Oh, uh, heck yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I actually used to deliver exercise equipment for a living. Oh, uh, cool. And uh, we delivered exercise equipment to a lot of like firehouses. And it was like, these guys have, what's going on here? They're like, they're like watching movies and they're like working out and then they're like, like, Oh, we go to go out and get stuff to make lunch together. (laughs) It looks like a lot of fun. I know there's a serious side to it too, but I'm like, as, as jobs go, it looks kind of a good club.
0: Oh, heck yeah. Heck yeah. It's like your built in tribe, you know? And it's, it's awesome. And, and we literally spend uh, a third of our lives together. And so we have to, you know, build those bonds and all of that. And, and we do that a lot through our training and whatnot. But, uh, Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a lot left to be desired in that, uh, we, we train physically a lot together. And so that kind of Mm -hmm. builds up the trust naturally that we have with each other. But at the same time, there's kind of the, the stigma of like, I'll trust you with my life, but not with my wife, you know? And so (laughs) our interpersonal (laughs) skills might need some, some big time work, but, uh, that's kind of one of the reasons I actually do this podcast. So, um, which kind of brings up a topic, uh, mm-hmm. that I wanted to talk to you about, uh, getting on, getting hired on with a fire department. very grueling. It's a very grueling process. Uh, mm-hmm. you submit your application, then you do interviews, you got to do a physical test, then you go through like a 16 week Academy and only then are you like blessed with the, you know, the blue shirt and the Maltese. Um, and so it's pretty grueling. We have a lot of, uh, people who apply. Cause like you said, you know, it looks fun. It looks like who doesn't want to ride around on a fire truck all day, you know? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we, uh, we do spend, you know, our downtime kind of doing whatever we can, we clean, we work out, we, you know, make sure we are capable of doing the job. But, uh, when the tones go out, you know, like you said, we gotta, we gotta put on those serious faces and, and get to work. Um, so I was talking with uh, a guy who, is trying to get hired on with a fire department. And we were doing a lot of practice uh, interviews with him. And what what we were learning from him is that there was this little chink in his like mental armor of, well, there may be someone else who deserves it more than me. And we kept trying to pull that splinter out of his, his mind's eye, you know, and because If you believe that, then that's the truth, ultimately. Um, Right. I'd like for you, if you would, to talk about how this speaks to what you call in your book, uh, a more complete beast, the ignoble beast, and how this way of self-stifling thinking is obvious to maybe some of us and maybe not others.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we all do it. I mean I I probably do it too. Uh right. Ryan, yeah. Ryan probably heard me do it. Uh but uh, yeah. uh like I don't know if I should be doing that or you know right. but uh I mean we all do it a little bit but I mean it's just something to be aware of uh yeah. we're going to question ourselves um but uh what you know in more complete beast I really was talking about um what Nietzsche called master and slave morality. And basically, uh, you know, master morality is basically like ass- assuming that you are, you know, alive and deserving of great things. Not deserving, deserve. You know, as what that Clint Eastwood line deserves got nothing to do with it. But it, it's it's more like you know you're assuming that you you're, you're here to be alive, so you're here to like win. Yeah, you know, you're, you're here. You're here to like survive, just like all the animals in the animal kingdom. Like, well, they're not like. You know, like maybe I shouldn't get the nut today, you know, like maybe yeah. another squirrel will yeah. get it, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, they're there to get the nut. Uh, and, yeah. uh, and so like, it, it, <laughs> I've never used that example before, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you're, you're going out and, and trying to do your best to get, you know, what it is that you want out of life and, uh, and to thrive and, uh, you know, not just kind of like, you know, kind of passively let other things run over you.
0: Right. Yeah, you you got to go out and get that thing. And it's interesting, because uh, this, you know, being a firefighter definitely is not a passive career. It's not something you really just fall into, you know, right? Um, it, it, it takes tons of effort, tons of dedication. And then the people who, you know, a lot of people who desperately want to get it sometimes don't don't end up uh, getting hired on. But it's true, you brought up a good point, like the master and the slave morality, right? The mentality of like, if there's someone out there who deserves it more, like if you're going into your interview or if you're going into the situation of like thinking, well, there's probably someone out there who deserves it more. Well, then you're probably right. And it's like, <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I mean, you have to be, re- I, I think that's one way of like, kind of, uh, well, you're, sh- you're talking yourself out of, uh, you're giving an excuse to fail not an excuse to fail necessarily but like you're you're preparing yourself for failure
0: right you know, like, like yeah.
1: if i don't get it then that's okay you already made trying the to on the blow yeah 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 you're pre-softening a blow whereas like you can't really think about that you don't want to spend a lot of time thinking about it I mean, we all know that you know every fighter goes into the ring knowing that there's a possibility that he's going to lose Mm-hmm. but um and you know you maybe don't pick the wrong fight <laughs> you know that where you're obviously outclassed uh yeah. but at the same time you like if you're going into the fight you're going in to to do your best to win
0: yeah exactly the motivation is there um but sometimes like you said you're softening the blow and and ultimately you're you're softening your your impact and uh like nobody wants that. If you if you come in, we see so many people when we interview people, we see so many people come through and they all give like a templated answer and and they're just kinda trying to convince you that they're the ones for the job and then you have a guy, if they were to come in and be like, Well, that guy who just left probably deserves it more than me. Well then guess what? Like Yeah, he <laughs> does. Yeah. We're yeah. we're gonna give it to that guy. Um yeah. Right on. Yeah, you talked about the the master and the slave morality. Could you expand on that a little bit more?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it's uh, Nietzsche talks about it in the in terms of the uh, resentment. You know, like uh, always assuming that the, there's there's people above you who are bad, mm-hmm. and, it, and I mean that's the idea of the slave mentality. There are people who are above you that are bad, and they are mean and exploitational and terrible. And that's why they are where they are. And you are good and pure because you are not one of them. Right. Yeah. And and so it's like, it was this big kind of, you know, that you're a slave because, you know, like you're innocent and pure and those evil people are the exploitation people. And uh, I was using it in terms of talk about modern society, because we have obviously this kind of weird world that we're living in where things aren't the way they seem that they should be in many cases. And so you have yeah. a lot of guys who are get who, who get into that kind of slave mentality of like, you know, like, oh, they're all against us and everything's bad and everything. Never, nothing will ever be good until X happens. And X is always this unachievable thing. That's super far away. And, uh, you know, it, 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 be, they get into a situation where they start making the perfect, the enemy, the good. And, uh, you know, rather than making incremental changes to make something better, nothing's ever going to be good enough. And it's, you know, like, uh, and it's this very self-defeating mentality. And you see that happening everywhere. You see it with politics. You see it with all kinds of things, uh, where it's like, everything's bad. Everything's corrupt. Everything's ruined. You'll know, nothing can be fixed. It all has to be broken. And, uh, you know, like, well, that's that's one way, but that they, you're assuming everything's broken, that you're going to put it back together? You know, like, who's going to put it right. together? Uh, you know, yeah. you have to actually, you know, make, do the best that you can from where you are to, you know, do whatever you can to make, you know, some kind of impact and change. And, and not just like, because essentially what you're doing is you're already accepting defeat, kind of like we were talking about before if you're like, well, nothing's ever going to get better, you've actually already accepted the rule of the bad people. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, okay, I guess I'll be a slave then. Yeah, yeah.
0: Right, it's a a giant population of people, yeah, who just, like, completely accepted the situation of defeat before they even try. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So you talked about, um, I like the idea of, of becoming the master of yourself. And you talk about that a lot in, in your book, a more complete beast. Um, when, like this master mentality, uh, refining who you are, you know, in your own environment, uh, taking accountability for it, owning it, if you will, and moving forward with that. Um, I feel like, uh, most of us in the fire service are kind of classified with a lot of the characteristics that would kind of showcase that mentality. Um, being self-driven, being ambitious, you know, competitive, goal-oriented, uh, aggressive, and dominant. And, and I actually had an interesting conversation the other day about the term aggressive I'd like to talk to you about a little bit later. But I was wondering, how do you feel that these traits align with those of what you call uh, in the book the noble beasts?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I think that you know, they're the – Like they're associated with the master values uh, that Nietzsche said. And basically that, you know, you, you, uh, I mean, those are the values that, you know, are associated with winning, you know, anything, uh, you know, of, of surviving. And I mean, his point basically that he was making was the people who have founded civilizations and who who have actually started things are the people who said, no, we have a right to be here because we're going to take the right to be here and mm-hmm. and then we're, we're gonna you know do what we want uh because we're here and uh and so like that they believed in themselves and they believed that they were good or as deserving as anyone else and so they could just do it and so that these uh traits that you're talking about obviously you know they're you know you know uh, basically they're traits that are confident and basically mm-hmm. is what you're talking about really they traits that you're confident and self-confident and uh you know that. Uh, believe that you're like a righteous individual that is, you know, as good as anybody else, you know, and as deserving as anybody else. So I think that it's, um, yeah, it's, it's just, you know, these are the kind of values associated with winning always, you know, like the people who are winners in life are, you know, believe, believe that they, they have a chance,
0: you know? Agreed. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of these are based in action too, which, uh, one of the core values of the ignited movement is is action it's action ownership and brotherhood um and like our career is very action-based i feel like in order to to be that master of your environment well first of all master of yourself and then ultimately the master of your environment um you have to take action towards that thing you have to take a step you know literally and figuratively um so this book really spoke to me in that because you, you talk specifically about how um, like the, the empire of nothing is really showcasing, ironically, nothing of importance, really. And it's and it's only those people who are taking action, who are making changes, you know, with what they have, where they're at, that are the ones who actually represent, you know, becoming more complete.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess I should probably, you know, cause probably people weren't listening to your podcast probably didn't read the, the more. Oh. So, so empire of nothing is kind of a thing to unpack a little bit, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, that. what, what that actually means, you know, uh, cause that comes actually from becoming a barbarian. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, so, you know, basically what that is, is I think what we're seeing is, um, I like to use it to illustrate if you've ever, if you've ever seen the kids movie, um, uh, never ending story. Yeah. Uh, it, the nothing is basically the empire of nothing. they are very, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think I, one came from the other when I, when I created it, but the, the, uh, it, you know, what the nothing really is in the never ending story is like the absence of dreams. And it's the absence of like identity and any, and any meaning it's actually a force of total chaos and total chaos really means, you know, the absence of direction or meaning, um, it's total confusion. Mm -hmm. And, and so like, that's what we have coming our direction in many ways, um, from people who want to control us, you know, who obviously have their own master morality figured out. Um, people who want to control us basically want to eliminate all other forms of meaning. Uh whether it's, you know, like religious identity or like, you know, group identities of all different kinds, uh they kind of want they want their your identity to come from them, you know, like from what they put through the news and the television and so forth. And mm-hmm. and so to, to to obliterate all other values and all other uh things you know with like there, there can't be men and women like they can't the, like there is there are no men and women there is no that doesn't exactly right. know what they are anymore. yeah you know, if we it's like, just like,
0: open it up to whatever anything could yeah, be then whatever. anything is everything yeah <laughs> yeah yeah
1: exactly and that's that's kind of the fine that's the best example because that wasn't even a conversation like two years ago but like right now that's like a, a, a conversation in the world and yeah that's part of the kind of end game of that is to like you, you don't even know if you're a man or a woman you're like right. whether or not you're black or white or, or or you have you know like you're this religion or that religion or whatever now you don't even know if you're a man or a woman you have like no identity whatsoever right uh, and then you know their identity just comes from the machine uh you know and uh you know and, and so you know whether it's governments or whatever and and so that's mm-hmm. the, what the empire of nothing really really is so i mean yeah. you know and those people obviously believe in themselves. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You know, yeah, like, it's true. you know, like Klaus Schwab or whatever, no believes in himself. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, and so uh, we have to believe in ourselves enough uh, to not let that happen.
0: Yeah, it's true. I mean, you brought up uh, the spectrum of identity and and yeah. there's there's a lot of things out there right now pushing us to like this cloud where we don't really know what our identity is. And and then there's the other end of the spectrum where you're really niched in. And you, you know, you have this little uh, cult, if you will, of like what it is that identifies you. And it's interesting that you brought that up because I feel like oftentimes, well, sometimes, and I, I do see this actually oftentimes, is that us as firefighters we tend to get uh, pigeonholed in the identity that that that's all we are. That's all we are as firefighters. Right. And so if uh, you know if we're failing as if we're failing at being a man. If we're failing at, uh, you know, being a good spouse or being a good father, at least I'm a good fireman. Like they, they tend to let all that other stuff go by the wayside. And uh, right. what I'm trying to help people in this conversation is is helping them identify that by becoming better at all of those things, you become more complete, and you can you can become that that better firefighter you know by becoming a better father you'll naturally become a better firefighter and and kind of vice versa as long as you're willing to open your eyes and kind of apply that idea um
1: yeah i with, mean it's, uh, it's good to be more than just the one thing you know like yeah people always say that a man is what his job is to a certain extent i mean that's always been like you're a butcher you're a baker you're a candlestick right baker. you know like that's that that's yeah. what you are but uh at the same time you know there has to be uh, and especially with like try with, uh, you know, like firefighters or policemen or whatever, that is a very tribal occupation. Uh, there's a very <laughs> clear in group and out group. Um, yes. But um, yeah, but like you said, it, there there is more to life than that. And, uh, you know, uh, the, you have to. I mean I'm a writer, but you know, like I also am a person. <laughs> you right. know, I also yeah. have other things that I do. Uh yeah, exactly. You know, in all kinds of areas that I can improve on and and I, I couldn't write the things that I write if I wasn't at least trying to live by them. I mean, you met me in the gym, uh, you know, like uh, you know right, so yeah, you're putting your I'm, I'm you're putting there your money trying where to do the is. thing that I told you to do, you know. Like <laughs> so
0: <laughs> Exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So
1: we all have to do, you know, trying to live up to our our values you know in all aspects of life i
0: think yeah agreed agreed um bringing back that topic of aggression i just had a conversation about this term uh and i was surprised about how many people think of that term solely in a negative way uh right some some would say that that these character traits have like negative connotations but at the same time uh these same people would hail us as heroes, like the same people who would, who would characterize us as firefighters, you know, these things of uh, self-driven, competitive, dominant, and aggressive. And at the same time, they're trying to say that the term aggressive is a negative term, <laughs> but they want to hail us as heroes. It can be very confusing. And uh, I was just curious as to your thoughts on the, if you'd speak to the the dichotomy of how that exists
1: well yeah there, there's a big thing it has to do with just warriors in general um there's a bigger kind of discussion there about uh, um traditionally the idea of like a warrior because you're talking about qualities that are like very warrior qualities you go to war with right. fire but like there are other like you know they're all kinds of uh, they're very similar in, in, yes. in uh, what we're talking about and so the qualities that make you a good warrior make people afraid when you're in the village. True, and there has been a big thing about that throughout history. Is basically like when you're outside in the village, uh, you know, like okay, we, we, it's cool that you guys can kill people and everything, but like then that makes people nervous when you come home, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. because you, you're yeah. the qualities that don't necessarily, you know, like uh, yeah, the people are afraid of you uh right. when you're that guy and so you know people have that with the police people have that with the military and they you know like uh, there's a big stigma about that um you know like that you're supposed to come back and forget all those things that made you that
0: guy right put it away right. or ignore like, it yeah
1: yeah like a lot of vets have about tr- big trouble transitioning because they're out they're out doing that and then they come back yeah. and they're supposed to like sit in an hr meeting you know and yeah it's exactly. Big. It's a big difference uh, of culture, <laughs> you know, and and yeah. uh, so there. I think that that's that's just an ongoing kind of struggle that people have always dealt with to a certain extent. Um, there's always been a thing like you know, it what is it? I think it was, there's been rules like they didn't want a standing army ever ever to be inside Rome. I think I remember it was like an old thing oh, like I right. can't be in the city. I, yeah. I, I I I might be off on that, but I'm pretty sure that it was a thing. Uh, No, you're right. uh, It's like,
0: we like what you do and we need you. We just need you out there.
1: (laughs) Right, right, right. Yeah. Out beyond the perimeter basically is where we want you. Uh, So, I mean, that's, that's uh, this thing that men always have to deal with. Like, we want you to be scary when we need you to be scary, but we don't want you to be scary near us. (laughs) Right. So, but unfortunately, I mean, you know, to, to have those qualities, you have to, you know, that is who you are. You have to be that all the, you know, like you have to be able to contain that, you know, but like, you have to be able to use it as well. And, you know, obviously, there's a big stigma in society with things like the word aggression specifically. Um, you know, if you would have said it in 1890, uh, everyone would have been like, yes, he's very aggressive. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, yeah. oh, he's, a, yeah. he, he's really a good chap. He, he's, a, he's a formidable chap. He's very right. aggressive. <laughs> uh, but, <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, now we have a very feminized society where everybody's supposed to be nice, nice like all the time and so aggressive is seen is is uh seen as being very um
0: threatening to people true you know and 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 therefore they deem it as negative yeah
1: yeah 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 well it is i mean aggression you know kind of is you know with men we value it because you know like we want to lock horns with somebody (laughs) that's aggressive You know, like yeah, or it but, helps us get if the you job don't want to lock yeah. horns, like aggressive is like, uh, you know, if you, if you were the prey animal, aggression is bad. <laughs> true, true. You know, if you're if your eyes are too far to the side of your head, you're running away. And uh, right. so it's it's that's that's basically you know, people are obviously always concerned about aggression. I mean, uh, you know, like and everybody has a different tolerance level to it. I mean, if you go into like uh, like on the West Coast, I found like in Western half of the United States, people are a little more chill. But if you go deal with people in like New York City and Philadelphia and whatever, like they'll get in your face, like over nothing, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, because they're, they're that's part of the culture, like they're ready to do that, and uh, you know, and if we were in a in a society that was a little where rule there were fewer rules, and if uh, you were you know like you know you know, less, uh, obligations as far as, uh, you know, what's polite and impolite and, and so forth. Right, Yeah. Like expectations, uh, you know, people, people get pretty aggressive, you know, and people, yeah. if you're not ready for that, that is scary. Uh, you know, so if you're used to having everyone, everything be talked to you in like nicey little, like sweet tones and right. someone gets aggressive with you, like that is threatening. And yeah. it, I mean, cause it's, it's, it's communicating strength.
0: True. True. Communicating strength. I like how you put that. Uh, that's, uh, that's, a, that's an excellent, uh, commentary because that's kind of how I see it. You know, you're communicating strength and it's not necessarily like you're putting it on someone else per se. I mean, there was an argument made for, uh, assertiveness versus aggressiveness, but, uh,
1: right. That sounds nicer, you know, I, right? That's yeah. <laughs> and then that, and yeah.
0: it speaks to exactly what you were saying. Yeah. You know, it sounds nicey, nice. It sounds nicer. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's interesting because we uh, we as firefighters, we want to be aggressive in our approach to stopping the fire. You know, we want to be aggressive in our approach to stopping the bleeding, to saving lives, to doing that thing. And then uh, the idea of, of putting any kind of aggression anywhere else is like, oh, I don't know if we could do that. Like, yeah, <laughs> just like yeah, what no, you're absolutely. saying.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and the, the other thing is, like, it's it's a choice of words because, you know, as far as, like, for, say, putting on a fire or, or stopping bleeding, you don't really have to use the word aggression. But, like, there are certain words that obviously because men are what men are and they always have been, uh, there are words that men really like. Uh, That's yeah. that, 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 like True. that. Like I get excited when you use that word, so I want you to use that yeah. word. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. yeah, I want to be aggressive about fighting this fire. Yeah, yeah, you you don't want to be say like you could say like. Uh, you know, when, it, when it, you want to take a lot of initiative, when you, <laughs> you know, right,
0: right, it, or it could conscious. be in different.
1: But dudes, like, I mean, that's yeah. I've done that with even titles of my books, like you know, like becoming yeah. a barbarian. That's a man word. Everyone loves that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like uh, uh, there's certain things that you know, like ways you first think that just psychologically, uh, men respond to them really well. I mean, like the word right. tactical. Uh, like men love right. the word tactical. <laughs> you know. <it's, laughs> It, yeah, it just, you're eating you know, breakfast
0: cereal with your tactical spoon.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh. <laughs> if I mean, are you telling me I couldn't sell the shit out of that? Hell <laughs>
0: yeah, right. The tactical a breakfast mini, spoon.
1: Mini. Scope I actually on have it. one. Weirdly, I, I, I kind of have one. I come to think about it, like I have a. Uh, oh uh I've been carrying it for years and I did it cuz it's a spork that's on my key ring oh. uh, like my keychain and I used to do it cuz I used to camp with a lot of guys all the time and it was just a hassle like yeah. sometimes you'd be out there and then like someone would open something and like now we have no utensils and so I just started yeah. carrying it all the time and it's really big and bulky and I don't know why I still carry it but like I guess it is a tactical <laughs> spoon but
0: <laughs> yeah we'll be careful they'll they'll start calling it an assault spoon <laughs> and well, I guess you'd probably do
1: some like Krav Maga shit with that, you know, like true, <laughs> right. take somebody's eye out, lock it in your fist,
0: yeah, yeah. scoop yeah, an yeah, eyeball yeah. out,
1: <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. Um, I know you're, I know you're a very ritualistic guy, and uh mm-hmm. I feel like you know we have these rituals within our little subcultures, and and firefighters and EMS pro- professionals are no different um you talked or we talked about how you know they want you to be aggressive until you're in the village and then they want you to be nicey nice guy um and that transition can be hard for a lot of people you know we see it in a lot of like you'd mentioned uh veterans coming back and we're seeing it a lot more now among the the public safety community like firefighters police officers because, you know, we're trained to do this thing and we have to be there to answer this call and perform this duty. And then when we're not in that role, they just want us to kind of sit back and be chill until it's time to perform that role again. And they want to call us up. But I was curious, how can, uh, how can ritual or establishing forms of rituals, and, and I have my own that, that I wouldn't mind going over. But how can establishing a ritual help you? make that transition mentally do you think that's one of the things that can really help with that
1: interesting interesting i mean i I could see that uh you know as far as from going one one place to another i mean i've i've never really done anything like that specifically myself but uh there may you know depending on the demands of your situation and your personality i could see Mm -hmm. that uh you know be in the way that uh you know when people are in their office clothes, they have a, you know I'm in my office clothes to do office things now I mean there could be True. a you know a, a certain thing is like, cause that that's ritual is very much like that, like you put on your ritual True. garments for your ritual thing, and then you're doing a different that's role. right yeah, and so that that's that's kind of one of the things that the changing you know like. I mean, that's what men used to do when they come home from work. They would change right away, and then then they're like, "Now I'm a, a person," you know, versus my job. So that would be, right. I think, a ritual and part of that kind of thing. I mean, because I, that's that's yeah, like I I, I think everybody does that you're Even the guy I live with, uh, uh, he, he's yeah, doing a manager thing at work, and I you know every <laughs> once in a while he'll come home and I'm like, "Well, you're using your manager voice there, buddy." <laughs> uh, yeah, like, like well, you're not in charge of me <laughs> yeah, like, yeah yeah the uh, like, mode off. yeah 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 yeah, change the mode there but uh so it, i think everyone has a little bit of that where they have to change shift gears a yeah. little bit so i mean i think it's it, true. but yeah
0: yeah, You brought up a good point. Um, clothing like that's that's probably one of those ritualistic things that we do and we don't even realize that we're doing it. Um, you mentioned coming home from work, but also like going to the gym, you're not going to go to the gym in your in your jeans and you're like your nice, you know, like nice dark blue jeans and a, and a right. button down. You're going to you're going to get in gym clothes to perform that work or to perform that duty that you've set the time apart to perform. And, uh, that's pretty enlightening because like we, you know, we as firefighters, we wear uniforms, we go to work and we all wear the same uniform and it's, it's ritualistic in nature. You know, we're, we're now putting on that mantle and then going home, we, we take it off. Uh, unless you're one of the guys who's stuck in his (laughs) ideal or his uh, identity of I'm a firefighter. And so he, he takes off his work firefighter shirt and then just puts on another shirt that lets everybody know he's a firefighter. And it's like, (laughs) you have to be able to let that go, you know?
1: Right, right, right. I mean, I, there are a lot of military guys I know who hate, hate that. Like when they're like, why are you wearing your BDUs? like in right. the middle of like wherever, you know, like, you know yeah. <laughs> like, like, what are you doing? You know, like, uh, uh there's some guys who like, really, like, really don't like that. Like, what are you doing,
0: man? Yeah. You know, like,
1: yeah. um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it definitely, yeah. Firefighting. I mean, actually come to think about that's a very ritualistic clothing wise, you know, like, you know, there's the, you know, the, the uniforms that you have. And then, you know, when you go to fight a fire, that's a, that's a whole nother like uniform that goes on, I guess. Right. Um, that might true. be the wow, different yeah, in Arizona because that, that sounds hot, but uh, <laughs> oh yeah,
0: it is it is yeah, you just but, added a uh, whole other layer like literally and figuratively, you added a whole another layer to how I think about that now because it 's true yeah. you know we we have that one layer of of uniform of ritual, and then mm-hmm. when the tone goes out for for the big one, you know we 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 don a whole new set, we don a whole yeah. new set of of clothing to perform other rituals so. Interesting. Yeah. That's a good perspective,
1: man. Yeah. Now you're in the mode and you know, we talked about even even like the gym and stuff like that. I mean, people, I've noticed uh, uh, that's people like to wear a a lot of people like to wear gym clothes that like remind them of why they're there or like what they're doing. There's like a lot of like normally I'm super against like, I mean, I'm kind of wearing one now, but not really. I try to be subtle about stuff, but uh, I mean,
0: (laughs) you're a very subtle guy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know about that. But like like in public I there are some people there's some people who like like in your face message t-shirts. Like, right. like, like and I always like, I don't need to be doing that at the grocery store
0: but uh, right, I don't need to tell the mom behind me to go F herself or F Yeah, exactly. Or I knew
1: guys who wore shirts like that. And I'm like, that is not necessary. <laughs> but,
0: right. Yeah. But,
1: but you know, like, and I have a friend who's a style consultant. He, he gets really mad about graphic t-shirts uh, cause he thinks it's yeah. kind of juvenile and whatever. But I'm like, you know, in the specific, in the, especially for like gyms and shooting ranges and things like that um, you know, you're going there to do the thing. And right. so, like people yeah. put on their shirt that says, like, you know, whatever slogan that gets them motivated, you know, or whatever band that they listen to when they go to the gym, or whatever. You know, you see a lot of that uh, at gyms, like that's. And and I I think that that makes sense, like they're, they're you know yeah. ritualistically it makes sense.
0: Yeah, it speaks to that ritual, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of us will listen to the same uh the same playlist or same music and so that that speaks to that too yeah good point oh i've had the
1: same pr song for like five years at least right <laughs> <laughs> at,
0: least, at least there's yeah, only right? one song we,
1: yeah 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 we like what we like yeah
0: yeah um that's true man um my favorite chapter in your book a more complete beast uh is the one title titled the the noble beast and in that section, you you reference another book you wrote called The Way of Men, where you explain mm-hmm. four tactical virtues, and you talk about how nurturing these virtues can help us build our tribe, it helps build ourselves, you know, we become more complete through building ourselves through those tactical virtues. And so I was wondering if you would talk about those four tactical virtues, and how they can help us become more more than the guy who just shows up to work, collects a paycheck and goes home.
1: Well, the tactical virtues are specifically related to the definition of masculinity, as I put it in the way of men, you know, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, has to do with our role really at the perimeter as you know, the warrior role, we're not all going to be warriors, whatever in modern society, but in the warrior role. And that's basically, I think that that's how men judge each other is based on our fitness are, are, are you know perceptible fitness for that role you know like if I had to you know like you look around the room it's like well if, if the shit hits a fan right now who am I looking for you know like who, right. who, who, who am I looking look at? to yeah and, and you know who it's like and that generally is on a scale of how you judge their masculinity as well you know True. that's and that's kind of how I correlated them like that's what we're looking at when we judge each other as men we're like well would that guy be worth anything you know in a bad situation? And uh, right. so, you know, the, basically the tactical virtues are strength, courage, mastery, and honor. And uh, that's, you know, there's are four things that I think that we're looking for uh, when we talk to other men and when we see them. And, uh, you know, it's like, well, does that guy look like he's, I can push him around? Is he like, is he physically formidable? Does he look like just kind of a piece of, like, you know, he's, he's a garbage, you know, or is yeah. he, you know, like, is he, does, he is he like fit? does he look capable? like he can do things? Yeah. you know? because i you know, yeah. people always think about strength as being like just powerlifting strength and that's like a very narrow right. range of what strength is because there's also all kinds of athleticism. Uh guy can be have not be built to be a powerlifter and be really athletic. Uh like right. you know for instance tall guys look like ridiculous when they're squatting. Uh you know they yeah. look like praying mantises, you know like but like they, yeah. they're, they're uh but but like, you wouldn't want to get in front of those hands because they reach, <laughs> you right? <know>? Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, uh, but, you know, so just as an example, you know, it's a, it, it doesn't correlate one to one. And then I talk about like courage, obviously, like, is that going to be, you're, you're talking about aggressiveness. Is that guy going to be easy to push around or not easy to push around? Is he going to have, is he going to stand up for himself or is he not going to stand up for himself? Is he going to be, uh, you know, is he going to be able to take risks? You know, or is he always going to be afraid of taking a risk? And, uh, you know, that we, I think we can perceive that about each other. And sometimes we're wrong from like first impressions, but like, um, you know, that's just something that I think we're looking at and how we judge other men's masculinity. And, <clears throat> you know, the next one would be, um, mastery. Like, is he, what is he competent in? You know, is that guy competent? Uh, you know, like, what does he know I and mean, what is he able to do? and uh you know so you know i think that with men we just we don't get to say i don't know you know like we don't like really appreciate that with with other men with that's not really a good answer. right uh you know yeah, like there, you know there's the like hey i don't know anything about that i should or whatever but there's just not like giggle and say i don't know uh you right. know we, we want to know <laughs> things we want to be competent uh and and demonstrate that our competence in things and right. um and then finally honor i think is it's a tricky one because it has a lot of definitions in a lot of societies but uh i think when i'm talking about honor i'm talking about the most basic kind of honor is like men look at like does this guy care about what other men think of him um yeah and that's because some guys are i talk about flamboyant dishonor in the way of men it's like you can tell that guy doesn't care what any men think of him well you know Mm -hmm. and they you know you have to you have to put a caveat on that in modern life because you literally cannot care about what every man thinks about you in the world because right. that will make you crazy uh yeah. no, i can't care about what youtube commenters say about me you know like i can't they, like yeah, you can't like yeah. just respond to everyone and care you know you have to be very selective about who's who you care about their opinion what kind right. of men you respect but exactly. uh, th- so those are the four tactical virtues and i think by working on those in different ways and finding out where you're deficient and, uh, you know, their way to sell kind of evaluate where you're at as a man. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like, you know, obviously there are some people who are really, really courageous and maybe they could use a little more on the strength side. Um, or they're just not very good at a lot of things, you know, like you can fill in some blanks and make yourself more formidable as a man.
0: Right. Yeah, this speaks to men in general. It it uh, It's ringing bells with me specifically to the fire service because um you, you talked about strength initially, and it's true, you know, we have to be dynamic. We have to not just be like Hulk smash and get through the door. We also have to perform work for 40 more minutes, sometimes up to an hour, performing hot, heavy, hard work. And so we have to be able to... You know cardiovascularly stay in the game and so it right. speaks to that dynamism you know i got to be able to smash a door and stay in the game for a while
1: yeah um, you can't just like like squat uh, 500 and then sit down <laughs> right and i'm out
0: yeah i'm out yeah I'm done. Yeah,
1: yeah yeah oh that was okay
0: yeah. <gasps> yeah yeah you yeah. oh, sure
1: did it we did it and yeah we can go home yeah
0: yeah <laughs> And then uh, the courage aspect of it, you know, that that kind of goes hand in hand with our job. You know, we have have a risk modality that we we go by, you know, we'll risk a lot to save a lot. We'll risk a little to save, you know, what we think we can. And then we won't risk anything for things that are already lost. And so we kind of have to run ourselves through that filter. We have to run our training through that filter, our approach, everything. But it's all based on that that idea of courage and what we're willing to do for the greater good or for the gain. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, And then you brought up mastery and you know, this is also very dynamic because not only do we have to master the, the skills that we're expected to perform, we have to master our tactics. You know, there's the tactical spoon again, right? We gotta, <laughs> we gotta yeah. master our tactics. <laughs> um, but in that, in that competency, in that mastery, it builds trust. And I think therein, right there, that element of mastery uh, yeah. helps build that trust component, not just through physical means, but through like intellectual means as well when you agree. Yeah,
1: yeah no, absolutely. That's, and that makes sense to me.
0: And then, um, honor is, uh, you said how, how you're, how you're being seen. And you know, when I was, a when I was an adolescent, I adopted the idea and the attitude, like, I don't care what anybody thinks about me and I'm just going to go do, right. I'm just going to do my thing. And then as I get older and as I understand that, I want to actively be a part of these subcultures and these tribes, like the fire department per se, I'm right. going to have to care a little bit about what a certain group of people think of me. Like, I'm just going to yeah. have to, you know?
1: Well, they, uh, that's a very clear area where that makes sense. Uh, because yeah. and that's, you know, that goes back to the kind of primal things that I talked about in the way of men and, and how men have always organized themselves. And that, um, uh, that's a very clear, the and and basic definition of honor i mean it's not because people have this very you know like moralized definition of honor and it becomes very convoluted but if you know the courage thing like if, if someone saw you not do the courage thing uh all those guys saw that you didn't do the thing that they would have expected you to do exactly that's that's something you're aware of
0: you know and that and
1: that that's that's like some of the most basic definitions of honor honor like that there are i mean like you know there's the aurochs there and like either you went in for the kill with us or you didn't
0: (laughs) right (laughs) you know yeah There uh, is no in between yeah
1: yeah yeah so i mean and that's you're very aware of the reputation and and if if uh if they don't feel that you care whether that, that that they thought that that was a problem then the reason why honor is so important is that then they feel like they can't trust you. Right. Because if you're expected to do one thing and you don't do that thing with them, then they, they don't know where you're at, you know, like they don't know where right. they can trust your reactions or whatever. So, uh, you know, I always say that whenever honor is invoked, it usually is a bad scene. Uh, like, you know, whenever you do something for your honor and not just because you want to, it's because you don't want to do it. <laughs> you know, like yeah. you're, you're doing something because like, um, you know, like this is not fun and not exactly what I want to do, but I'm going to do it because of other people's expectations of what I'm going to do. You know, exactly. like I, I, I have a reputation to uphold and I'm going to go do it. And I don't want to, right, <laughs> you know, like, driver. That's usually yeah. What, that's usually what honor entails, you know, like, Oh, yeah, I guess I'm going right. to go have to do pistols with this dude at dawn because otherwise I'll yeah. be a laughingstock in the town. <laughs> you know, it, it always entails something that like, Oh, this is yeah. going to suck. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, it's definitely gonna be a trial. And it's definitely again, it's based off that idea of action, right? You have to you have to take action toward that thing and take steps towards like that integrity or closing that integrity gap like between what you are saying or what you're portraying or purveying versus what it is you're actually doing. So yeah, that definitely speaks to that. And the instant that that you're operating outside of that like sphere of integrity, then you lose trust you lose trust and you're going to have to, and that thing may suck that you're going to have to do. But if you have any hopes of trying to build that trust back, it's going to be like exponentially more difficult. I feel.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely.
0: Well, this has been awesome, man. I appreciate you coming on. Um, the, the latest book is the latest book a more complete beast. Do you have another one? Yeah. A book of fire in the one? dark came out last year. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Fire in the dark cool. Right on. Yeah. So if you would just share with us a little bit about like where people can find you on social media, where they can get your books, where they can learn more about you.
1: Sure. Um, my Instagram profile is at start the world. And that's kind of my most active thing, at least in the stories. I don't post all the time anymore. Although I should be, uh, cause, uh, the other, th- what I'm doing on Saturday is I'm going to start, uh, training with a pro wrestler. Uh, oh, nice. I think that, I think that'd be hilarious and it'd be awesome. <laughs> so we're going to, we're going to make a bunch of content of me learning how to do pro wrestling stuff. So I, I'm really awesome. excited about that.
0: Um, yeah, so you. that'll
1: be up on social media and stuff, but, uh, you know, other than that, uh, you know, I have a YouTube channel, uh, you know, if you look up Jack Donovan, start the world on a YouTube, um, I'm on Twitter at pH two T three R. Uh Jack Donovan was taken. I got in the game after Elon Musk bought it at war, said he was gonna oh. buy it. So so I'm a little late on Twitter, so my name was taken. But uh, uh but that's I've been trying to work on that lately, building that that, that account up. And uh gotcha. my, my website is jack donovan.com.
0: Right on. And I'll uh, I'll plug all of those into the the uh, show notes so anybody can anybody listening can just click on that and take it'll take you right to it. Um, I appreciate you coming on my man. Uh, I appreciate you as a man. I, uh, I love seeing what you're doing. I love reading your books. I love the perspective that you provide. And, uh, I know that the the guys and the gals listening will get a lot out of what you had to say today. So thank you.
1: Awesome. Yeah.
0: Jack Donovan has a unique perspective and reading his book was really reaffirming in regards to how our intellectual selves and our primal selves should be operating in harmony with one another. Civilize the mind, but make savage the body, right? One of the things that I really like about Jack is that in his books, he talks about everything we need is inside of us. Everything we need to be more complete, we just have to be brave enough to look within. And learning more about ourselves and getting on track to becoming the person we want to be directly affects our ability to be successful firefighters, spouses, and parents. While no one element defines who we are, nor should it, embracing the fact that all of these things working in conjunction make us who we are. Don't lose yourself and become fractured by grasping onto an identity you thought would make you feel complete. Do the work to become a more complete beast. Use the tactical virtues that he mentioned, strength, courage, mastery, and honor, in order to shore some things up. I'd recommend by starting uh, by first defining what those terms mean to you and then creating a goal based on that definition that you come up with. If you're looking for guidance in this process, then join me in the forge where we can come together, focus on identifying and working toward the goals that will help us improve our fire flow path, right? Fitness, intellect, relationships, and energy. And the beautiful thing about the tactical virtues that Jack brought up is that they fit wonderfully inside the framework that I provide with the fire flow path. So if you're interested in working with me directly on identifying those things you really want and then mapping out a plan to get there and closing that integrity gap, send me a DM or email me at ignitedff at gmail.com telling me you're interested in the forge. And from there, I'll send you a link to schedule a time to jump on a call with me so we can get you moving toward becoming the firefighter you'd want on your crew. And as a lot of you may already know, I've got a huge announcement. I wrote a book called Own It, Build a Fire Service Culture of Trust and Integrity Through Accountability, and it's available on Amazon. I've got a Kindle version, I've got a paperback version, so whatever floats your boat. In the book, I talk about the approach that I use when confronting any problem I face, whether it be on the fire ground, in the firehouse, or in my personal life. I also talk about simple ways to build trust among those closest to you. And finally, I show you how to incorporate a system of accountability that will close any integrity gap that you may be facing. You can find a link to both the Kindle and the paperback in the show notes, so please purchase your copy today. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, if you see a need, own it and take action. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited.